Hello. Hey, hey. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. I We had pizza for dinner. So yum. Shout out to the <laughs> place in town that makes really delicious vegan pizza. It's an old nice. friend of ours actually started the business, Passion Project. So, you know, oh, passion, cool. very timely for airy season. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we're several hours behind. I always forget that Hawaii is one of the states that doesn't do the daylight savings time thing. So, yeah, (laughs) it's an adjustment. I mean, coming from a place like Alaska that really counts on that, we really depend Uh on that shift. Mm -hmm. But here, I didn't even notice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Closer to the equator, I think it doesn't make such a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. But yeah, um, it's, we've been a little bit delayed in this one here. feels like it's been a hot second, but welcome back to another episode of Inspired by the Wild. And I'm Amelia. And with me is my lovely co-host, Shanna. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) And we did not record anywhere near the full moon, to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) This is. A it's little been bit, a yeah. little cray, though. I, I feel like yeah. other people felt that as well. So, you know, like, the, I, it should be understandable that occasionally things don't work out the way that, you know, you might have hoped. And that's a great lesson for Aries season, period. <laughs> yes, I, I that's a great lead in. And um, because the pace of Aries season is something that yeah. Even if I don't recognize that it's coming, even if I don't recognize it in the astrological emotional implication, I do tend to find myself feeling impatient and frustrated. Mm-hmm. Then I realize, oh, okay, now I understand where my mind is at. But um, maybe that's a good uh, little side note because um, when the sun, and obviously this is something you can elaborate on a lot more, but when the sun shifts into a new sign, a sun sign oftentimes is indicative of our mind, like our mind and where our mind is going to be at, what we're going to be thinking about, um, you know, and it's more of, it's like a month long cycle mm-hmm. and the moon, you know, being just much more, uh, it's faster moving and it also is associated with emotions. So mm-hmm. Those two pieces at work can definitely create a lot every different kind of, of cocktail of emotions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sometimes, you know, just things being really uh, counterintuitive or, and sometimes things just being really floetic. And I've been feeling a lot of different mix of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but so maybe we should review a little bit. And I feel like uh, when you and I talk, of course, Shanna and I talk all the time, even when <laughs> we're not recording ourselves. <laughs> and, um, it was, I was in a place of uh, really feeling some full moon intensity and um, Shanna kind of had to fill me in on <laughs> why. And I just, I was blown away. So um, I think you should uh, review a little bit because, I mean, it's, I think it's kind of interesting and insightful at this point in the game to have, you know, experienced the thing and now go back and be like, well, this kind of makes sense. Sometimes predictive astrology, I think people are a little um, uneasy about, you know, like divining the future or something. Sure. I definitely like using astrology for um, 
you know, uh, preparing, yeah. but it's also kind of insightful when you have your experience, it was fully authentic. You didn't project any kind of, um, you know, expectations onto it mm-hmm. and then finding out like, wow, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, Batman. you lived through that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like that. I especially, you know, one of, um, one of the things that I feel like I'm still always kind of learning is to find my own, and I'm sure this is not just me, but kind of to find my own favorite flavor or even just my own innate um, strengths when it comes to different topics, right? And, you know, having studied astrology for most of my life, honestly, um, more, you know, deeply and and diligently recently, I suppose, but like all my life, um, I feel like, yeah, predictive astrology is really interesting to me, but it's like, it's like the foreign language that is so tonally different. I, it's, it's going to take me a while, you know, like I have my theories about things, but it's more that hearing about combinations that are happening in the sky, I can certainly be like, okay, that's big. You know, like what you're discussing (laughs) when we had what's called. So this was a, this is a fun word, the Kazemi, which is the closest that Venus and earth get in a year. It's called a Kazemi. So that was happening. (laughs) It's okay. Is it just strange that that word sounds so much like Kundalini? (laughs) Uh, No, no, I, um, I don't believe, yeah, I don't believe it's Sanskrit, but I totally hear you. It's similar. Um, so they're that close. And then the full moon is in kind of the opposite sign of Aries, right? Which is Libra, which is all about partnership. And so Venus and the, you know, earth being, um, Venus and the sun, excuse me, Venus and the sun being like the closest that they get. Um, it's, uh, yeah. So (laughs) I, I guess I can't remember how I worded it. I feel like it was probably a little cleverer than, than all of that, but you know, you've got the planet of love um, very close to the sun, you know, the planet that governs, well, your soul. Um, it's also like a planet that's sort of associated with like childlike energy and creativity. And then, you know, your opposite is the planet of partnership. So I feel like even without getting too much into predictive astrology, you can see that that's maybe going to be a little bit challenging, perhaps. <laughs> right. When, right. Because you know, isn't this always yeah. just a question of how to juxtapose it? I mean, how do we embody these different forces of course. at work? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, just it. like sitting love out it. and looking at the water mm-hmm. and um, looking at the ocean and recognizing just sometimes you see a particularly choppy little patch of water. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of seems like what's going on where it can be that currents are coming from one direction, piling up from another direction. And I think of that sometimes just how these um these gravitational forces you know how each one of us could be experiencing things differently Mm -hmm. you know sort of like when we talk about like pandemic like we're not all in the same boat Mm -hmm. you know we're in different boats but we're in the same storm yeah I like that very nice yeah and I think you know one of the other things that we talked about um when it was the full moon that I think is still really relevant now given you know there are several planets now that are in Aries and more coming, you know, um, it is, it is something that you can, you know, use to add, yeah, to add some balance, honestly. And 
I mean, every sign has its higher vibrational expression and its lower vibrational expression. Um, That's a nice way to put it. (laughs) You're so gentle. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, But some of what, you know, you're describing, like in terms of the short temper and um, quick to, you know, quick to perhaps like assume the worst or just get frustrated that things aren't happening as quickly as you might like. um, Those are things that are definitely, you know, can be attributed to Aries energy. Um, And, you know, even the like, sometimes starting a thing without finishing it and just throwing out all of the possibilities and picking on one and then being like, we're doing this one without perhaps giving it a little bit more thought. Right. And um, all of those energies and tendencies can be balanced by looking to the opposite sign, I think, um, as well as signs that are, you know, just before and just after, but for Aries, especially like Libra is such, you know, such a perfect sign for being the opposite of Aries. Um, you know, it is ruled by Venus and it, what Libra wants is everyone to get along, like everyone to be happy, like they diplomacy. Um, it's definitely the sign of partnership. And so, you know, where Aries certainly like every sign, right, has their own personal preferences around relationship. But I feel like Aries would perhaps, again, in a lower vibrational expression, be more about the like constant one night stands. Libra is like, no, like I'm holding out for the one, right? So that's maybe yeah. maybe a little that a little simplistic or even stereotypical. But honestly, those are the like, those are the things I want to you know, the energies that are easiest to identify, frankly, like the archetypes, right? Um, Yeah. And then I think, I think we, you know, everybody who studied any, you know, Greek mythology, because there is so many, you know, so much record of that knows about Aries, the god, right? Like, you know, he wasn't the most popular in Greece anyway. I mean, in Rome, certainly he was, you know, more revered, but like Aries is the God who throws a temper tantrum because, you know, he stubbed his toe and when he (laughs) loses, he's like hollering so loud that they have to like throw him in a vase because they just can't stand to hear him screaming anymore, (laughs) you know, and he has a thing with Venus, but like, it's a, you know, he's like a, gosh, can we curse on this? podcast he's kind of like the fuck boy because that's yeah. all he can be you know like she marries Hephaestus which is like he's far more reliable and you know it's messed up that she cheats on him but she's like she married Hephaestus like nobody wanted to marry Aries he was just he was a fuck boy so um you know it's again like it's all about expression but it's really interesting to me that that's you know that's the energy that was kind of gifted to you know to mars um same thing like uh, same same god um for god so yeah um if you feel yourself like like more like in this season there's a reason for that and i think that the higher expression then is more about like determining what's really worth fighting for for you um yeah nailed it I feel I feel that really hits home with me for where we are right now and just in this description that we're talking about Aries I always um there's this image of a tarot card that comes to mind with Aries being zero and being called you know he represents he's associated with the fool Mm -hmm. the zero card Mm -hmm. it's not even associated with the number and um you know at first glance that almost seems really dismissive but there's 
um, me bringing it back to elements, Aries being a fire mm -hmm. sign and being the youngest of the sign. Yeah. I just always, I think about a spark yeah. and how it takes a spark to start a fire mm -hmm. and that a spark, if you just really reduce it down to its energy of its intention, you know, the spark, it just shooting out of like that hot, hot smoldering center hearth of a fire. Right. It's, you know, it's like, the, it's like the little, the babies, the seeds, mm -hmm. the runners that are rushing out there to, to, to bring more fire mm -hmm. and bring more light and warmth into the world. And the beautiful thing about that is that they're not going to, an Aries, a spark isn't going to question. It's not going to think twice. It's just shooting out these opportunities. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, like you're saying, not more, you know, not as many finishes, but the starts mm -hmm. are important. <laughs> I mean, there's so right. many sparks that just right. like, you know, fall off onto the ground or maybe one on my coat and it fizzles out, <laughs> like makes a little hole, whatever. But, um, you know, it's, it's not every single spark that creates a fire. Although, um, you know, there's that, that sense of trust that that's their duty. Mm -hmm. They don't question it. They just rush out there. The first on the scene, they leap before they look. <laughs> and quite honestly, you need that in the beginning. That's why they are the zero. They're the zero full of potential, mm. a blank canvas in a way. And I mean, like you're saying, you know, the if you were to maybe draw this card in the reverse, <laughs> like some of the lower vibrational representations, um, you know, there's uh, some of that association, which is um, no follow through. And like you're saying, no commitment. Um, but if we think about all the roles that we need in the zodiac we or all the roles that we need in the body in order for the body to be a full complete functioning organism mm -hmm. you know each needs to be autonomous and be its self in order for you know to get the job done so i i i like to remember that and just keep that in mind as to what aries potential is and also i i wasn't sure if i was going to bring this up in this discussion but I feel like this comes back to part of who I am. It'll probably be a reoccurring discussion, I sense. But mm -hmm. with um, so much Scorpio energy in my chart, I end up um, I end up finding myself a lighthouse in um, in t deaths in people's life, mm -hmm. whether it be um, spiritual, just metaphorical, actually literal. Mm -hmm. um, this is, this is just one of my uh, dharmas yeah. in life. And um, so to, to transition into the two people that I have been the closest to who, were, who died young, they were both born under that same sign, the sign of Aries. Yeah. And um, so now, so many years later that you know i can talk about it without being completely grief stricken mm -hmm. two of my favorite people in the world yeah which in both cases i would describe you know they were confident they were driven and um loyal just even very loyal I, yes it's a great loyalty. yeah you just couldn't get them down mm -hmm. you couldn't get them down like they're gonna go out there and create a spark and and they're so buoyant they're so full of that conviction for life and even right down to Aries they're one of the best flirts <laughs> like, they're not insecure they're like why wouldn't this person enjoy my 
conversation and my <laughs> my fodder was. I mean, here we go. Like, and I love it. I have seen this in action and I just I'm a little envious, you know, because I'm not that way. Like I'm all this other stuff comes up for me when it comes time to flirt. And so um you really have to give them credit. Yeah. Even if you know there's that level of frustration that um level of uh you know concern I guess in my case because when I say Aries you know leaping before they look I I'll say you know me being a Capricorn earth sign and my dear friend my dear departed friend who is an Aries Mm -hmm. a fire sign um and we were going to start a business together we always used to joke that she was the spark and I was the slow burning log (laughs) we were a great team Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) in that way and um so I say that, I just say that with so much love in my heart, but I also feel that having brought that up, you know, I, I want to say when we talk about balancing the signs with their own opposite, balancing the tension of our own opposites, you know, um, Libra with being balance. And um, I also want to say, you know, uh, justice Mm -hmm. and equality there you know my brother is a Libra so I I grew up you know with a Libra Mm -hmm. sidekick (laughs) and you know I love that they are they're pretty um they have a completely different pace than Aries they're more calculating Mm -hmm. and um it's I would say you know that there is um just bringing the balance of what Libra is trying to establish um you know from just this harmonious beauty that they like to attract and or the um the very out outgoing conversational side of libra you know as being an air Mm -hmm. sign like wonderfully intellectual conversational those that energy can really be very um buoyant and nice and um calming i would say yeah soothing i think yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I forgot I forgot that your brother was an was a Libra. Oh yes. Uh, I mean, you know, they're again like occasionally everybody loses their temper. <laughs> but right. Um yeah. and you know, like as with Aries, you you know, facing a an angry Libra is not pretty. Um, but you know, <laughs> like um, but I yeah, I like I appreciate that that viewpoint that it is calming and soothing and that's kind of exactly what any you know what the like over overreactive Aries energy needs right or overly active so you know I wanted to bring in too, like just throw a little bit of like uh, Chinese five elements theory too at this because I was I've recently been studying this a little bit more and you know um, (laughs) springtime is the the um, wood is the element right for springtime and Well, you know, perfect. it's it is it's perfect, and it's also like very aggressive, but you know, like not in a negative way, but the way that you're describing the like you know higher vibrational Aries, which is they trust that they need to just go, and just like the plant you're using, just like the beginnings of a tree, it's not like it's all pretty in there and the you know dark cold ground, but like the plant pushes through, and that like pushing is you know, is wood and also is Aries. <laughs> like it's, you've got to, you've got to <sighs> deal with the, you know, deal with the hardship, deal with the challenge, deal with the not even knowing, like it's such a trusting sign. 
Um, they really, you know, they yeah. really do have just faith that like, well, of course, everything's going to work out. And honestly, that is, that's the energy you have to have in a seedling, you know? Um, so I appreciate that. And I think, again, like what's nice about balancing it with, you know, you know, going back to the elements that you, um, that you like to bring up, which I think are really important. So don't ever apologize for that. You know, the elements are a really great way to remember and like tap into these energies, but like, you know, fire and air go well together. It's not like Libra is an opposite. That's water. That's going to, you know, like work to, you know, if in excess kind of extinguish the fire, it's, it's air like, and you add more air to a fire, it can, it can conflagrate. Right. (laughs) But Right. Um, but in this well, case, it's like more gently like blowing the wind at it. That's like a, you know, a gentle wind, you know, nice, gentle wind. That's like, hey, hey, hold on a second. Like, let's, you know, let's let's take a minute and just like make sure that we've got all of these, you know, my checklist over here. Like, let's just make sure we've got all of these things that we need for this. Oh, do we not have them yet? OK, well, it's fine if we want to wait. Like, let's, you know, and and hey, there's somebody who maybe you you don't like to do this one part of it, which is another great, you know, Libra's all about bringing people together. Like, maybe there's somebody who can help in this situation so you don't lose your temper and like throw paper at the wall or you know like have a temper tantrum it's okay like you don't have to do everything yourself um and there's something you know like that the um you know like we we haven't really gotten into it much but the you know you can sometimes recognize physical features of um the astrological signs and um, in my experience with Libra, they tend to be this barrel chested earth sign that's got like they can puff up <laughs> when they need to. And um, it's really lovely to see um, a, a barrel chested puffed up Libra standing up um, for injustice. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about <laughs> them. And one of the other, you know, because I talk about like, you know, my brother and I were 20 months apart. We were <laughs> close. We grew up together. We were buds, you know? Um, but also as an air sign, um, he is a, a very, very extreme snorer. <laughs> and, um, it was not something I could ever escape in my childhood. But now when I think about, the soothing quality of just a, a very slow rhythmic like <laughs> <laughs> it's it's become something that is um it's like the sound of sleep oh. for me it indicates that there's sleep and there's comfort Perfect. there and i mean even to go into like a lot of other libras i've known um that like struggle with um you know again this is kind of going back to the biological components of the signs and um, I've known a lot of Libras that also struggled with, um, you know, like with the snoring, with sleep yeah. apnea. And so yeah. the the soothing, calm, rhythmic snoring energy is the all is well cue, which is, I would say, the opposite from what sleep apnea sounds like when, you know, you're, you're basically you're you're choking on mm-hmm. your throat when you sleep. Yeah. And so instead of just a really nice like it's like oh yeah (laughs) and choking it's very alarming like for someone else that is um is just you know my sleep I suppose was um you know moving along with that same sort of like circadian rhythm and 
you know, my brother was always the one to be able to like, he could sleep standing up. He would fall asleep in the boat. He's, he can sleep anywhere. And I'm so jealous of that. I'm just more of like, I'm just, I'm ruminating, I'm thinking, I'm sweating, I'm rolling around, I'm tired, I'm hungry. I'm, I'm just not, sleeping is, is elusive for me. But that's one of the things that's always been comforting about his presence and also about other Libra energy is just their relaxed ability to sleep and they can sleep late into the day. They can sleep on the plane. <laughs> I can make a Dr. Seuss I about this. I, I wonder think. if it's an air sign thing too, like, because Shane Maybe. also snores. So, you know, just, just ask and I can get you a recording. <laughs> You're soothing snore sound. Uh, and also he can sleep anywhere and sleeps like the dead like I you know we always joke but I mean I do have to take like a thumbtack when we're camping just in case we're like if something creepy or scary happens I would have to poke him with a sharp object to wake him up because shaking him does not work (laughs) calling his name doesn't do anything like you gotta really work to wake that man up so that's interesting I feel like you know these are nice anecdotes but like more research is required into that but I but oh, I sure. like it sure. yeah. yes I I like I mean I just um I've even to go back a little bit because again I feel like this is another really um ripe subject for us to dig into again at some point but um you know when I was working at the hospital I was working in tobacco cessation. So I was working with addictions. I was working with people that oftentimes based on a common behavior had already manifested some sort of health problem. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same health problem. It was, you know, it's, it's manifesting differently in different types of bodies. And I had sort of just this informal, it's, it's this algorithmic INFJ brain of mine searching for Mm -hmm. patterns and um, you know a lot of times their chart number would be their birth date so I would see what sign they were and just sort of be like interesting that this person's health problem is is that and this is their their sign and this is the element that's associated with that and again just you know correlation does not equal causation but it certainly is intriguing Mm -hmm. it certainly does create a pattern and I mean I just I'm all for recognizing patterns and I feel like there's that's really kind of just a lot of what astrology is yeah you know is Mm -hmm. patterns absolutely I mean I think well I mean on a certain on a microscopic level everything is patterns you know there's geometry and everything Mm -hmm. but um but I agree and I think maybe even circling back a little bit to what you were talking about at the beginning in terms of how we use astrology or, or any of the tools, you know, that at our, at our, um, in our quivers, I'll say arrows in our quivers. Um, (laughs) I think that it is about, I don't know, a need to, a need to connect to something that's a little bit greater and maybe even also somewhat predictable. Right. And I think, that's, you know, one of the draws, at least for me, like I, I also find great comfort in patterns. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah. the thing is that you can't, it's like, yes, a new moon in Aries is a great time for big change for new beginnings. Um, I'm like, for example, like I'm, you know, I've decided I'm going to um, end up like changing the name of 
my business because it just doesn't feel aligned. New moon in Aries is a great time for that, right? But it also nice. doesn't mean that every single new moon in Aries, which is, you know, going to happen when the sun's in Aries is, is the same. So, you know, there's right. also like having to remember that, yes, there are these patterns, but I think that, you know, rather than relying on something outside of yourself to, to really identify the like particular flavor of that pattern, it really is about like tuning more inward and figuring out, okay. Not every new moon in Aries is going to feel the same for me, but I know this mm-hmm. generally, like this general energy tends to affect me this way. And, you know, for mm-hmm. me, I, I know like being a fire, very much fire signing myself. I love the fire sign, the other fire seasons, but they can also bring up a fair amount of anxiety in me because it is so much about like, it's a lot of creation energy. And so there's also, I put a fair amount of pressure on myself, which might be, you know, the Saturn and Virgo, but, <laughs> but it can get really intense. Um, and I know that that's, that's me, you know, and so maybe there are other people out there who also tend to get anxious generally, but the source might be slightly different. So I don't know. Sorry, that was a little bit long winded, but I guess no, I just mean like, no, no. It's important I like it. to remember that like you have your internal patterns and those are the ones I'd say to really pay attention to. And like, I hope people are getting something from our podcast, but if something that we say doesn't resonate, it doesn't mean that you're wrong. It just means you have your own version. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, and that's just, I feel like the value of, you know, bringing in more voices into this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about when you were talking um, the, the, the last time that I lived in Hawaii, I actually lived over mm-hmm. on Maui. And at that time, um, they were still, I, I've heard that this isn't the case anymore, but with the sugarcane fields, um, you know, a few times a year when it's time to harvest, um, the next step is to mm-hmm. burn, burn the rest of what remains in order to clear the field and reset mm-hmm. the soil. And it is, I mean, if you think about just like fire and that whole cleansing element, but also rather destructive, but all mm-hmm. one and the same. And, um, and then thinking about just Libra energy, it's interesting because then what happens is this, the air is filled mm-hmm. with smoke and, um, you know, kind of just some of that like kickback a little bit. I mean, just the, the fertility in the fire and the burn. I mean, there's, it's a process there. It's construction and demolition it's 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 like creativity in its archetype often you know is balanced with its opposite destruction yeah. and um so of course you know the challenges in uh like balancing these two opposites just always you know they're there and they arise but that's what the wisdom is that's where the wisdom comes from in doing the work and just like when we've talked about um you know, all these different examples of what it means to, you know, traverse, make that hero's journey to balance the tension of our own opposites, as Jung would say. Um, it's, it's a cycle that, um, you know, I mean, I'm, thankfully, it's like it repeats every month with this formula. But like you're saying, I mean, it just in different ways that we experience it, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, um, you go to the same job, but each day that you go is a different mm-hmm. experience. um, yeah so I love this discussion that we kind of have been continuing on with with what 
the opposites are within the zodiac and um, what that feels like, how we might use those energies to kind of balance some of what we're feeling in, in a certain moment. And, um, you know, like you were saying, it's, it is interesting in that it's very subjective so that, um, you know, we may not be experiencing, um, you know, the full moon energy in the same way, but um, when we have some compatibility in our chart, then it makes it easier perhaps to make reference sure. to. Yeah. Um, and I mean, of course, then that gets into like, you know, liking, like attracting sure. like or whatever. Yeah. Or even, I mean, there are big, like, obviously, you know, broad strokes. And that's why there are really great predictive astrologers who do, you know, like, do kind of look at the stars and use their innate, like, you know, abilities to kind of make these predictions that tend to be accurate like you can make those broad stroke um predictions but i think yeah um i think that it does come down to just getting your own individual feel for libra figuring out where it is in your chart um or even you know if we're specifically talking about like trying to balance aries i think it's also looking at the the ruling planet so like where you know, what house does Libra rule in your chart? Um, you know, can you kind of lean into those activities a little bit more or like looking at where Venus is in your chart? So, um, you know, me particularly, mine is in Gemini. And so one of the ways that I might, you know, kind of balance the irritability is, you know, like getting out and talking to my friends or like just having, having a conversation with a couple different people or, um, even just, you know, snuggling with my husband, who is a Gemini, <laughs> that, you know, and that's yeah. also very airy or very um, Libra. So, you know, there's that or even just like the things that bring the things that bring you pleasure. Right. And I do. I love a good conversation. And that will that will kind of calm me down to like, you know, maybe even a, you could see it, I suppose, as distraction. But I think that it is helpful for me because, it, you know, leaning into the things that bring me joy. Um and I think that that's, yeah, like, so wherever, you know, anybody can go to like cafeastrology.com or, um, ask, you know, Astrolab is another one that are great or just astro.com and like pull your chart up and, you know, find basic stuff, um, find those things out if, you know, you're looking for an action thing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I also do astrology yeah. readings, but like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for free, you can <laughs> look it up yourself um, and work that out. And, you know, I mean, also too, like, I, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope, you know, I haven't done too much of the like demonizing or looking at the the negative expressions of, of Aries, because you can also lean just more into the positive, like that, that, um, as you were talking about, like the undefatigable like optimism like just search deep within mm. yourself and look for that optimism or like use the time for brainstorming and I'm honestly right now with you know mercury going into aries is a great time for brainstorming like look at those you know areas of your life where you need you need a, a different you know you need to try something different like this is a great time to just think about all of the possible ways you could do something different there and yeah aries and mercury is good for that too I like that it just makes me feel like again when you were talking about that I was seeing this potential mm -hmm. full of potential yeah. the zero zero 
as being, I don't know if there's another way to say it that is, it connotates something different because zero continues to sound dismissive, like it's empty, but I like this blank slate full of potential, this round, clear, (laughs) yes, cosmic egg, yeah. I like that. And especially here we are with Easter. So how beautiful and how perfect. And on that note, um, I mean, I always kind of just like get a little bit, um, I don't know, not sentimental so much about Easter, but more about like the Easter egg Mm. spring connection. And when I was in Sitka, I was thinking about what it was, what it meant for the return of the cosmic herring Mm. eggs, the cosmic Mm. egg, the return for Sitka is, um, you know, I always describe it as it's the beginning of Mm -hmm. the season. It's when, um, it's when all of the, the, the fishermen return and, um, with the herring eggs come all of these different creatures that are looking to feed upon them and the whole food chain and the whole economy, the community is just awakened. And if you've ever seen, um, a herring fishery, it is, highly regulated um this is you know within the united states there's um you know there's recently come up this seaspiracy documentary about Mm. fishing and it's been a little bit on my peripheral radar though i I confess i haven't watched it yet though it seems to be a big source of contention amongst my fishermen friends and their families and the, the complaint is that the movie was not based on a lot of I wasn't based I didn't have any research from U.S. fisheries and so when I think about something like the herring row fishery there's there's a huge amount of regulation and um, so hopefully whereas um, it may not have been a perfect science in the past hopefully what this is is representing more and more of this inspired by the wild more information and recognition about not taking too much there are so many creatures that want to you know feed on this this food source including us Mm -hmm. human beings but as a result there are um so many different entities moving around a small period of time a small place and it happens very quickly So it's something that happens really close to the shore. And each year growing up, um, this was something that was, I mean, it was something that you Mm -hmm. wanted to go and watch. It was a big deal in our community. And, you know, now, um, regardless of what, you know, belief system you may have about, um, you know, harvesting from the ocean, many fishing communities, many small communities, you know, like the one I grew up in, like the one that Shannon and I grew up in, are or having to ask themselves this question. And um, so, you know, spring, what does it look like? And um, in our community, in Sitka, it was, it was a like eggs were such a huge part mm-hmm. of that. And I mean, uh, there are so many different financial implications. There are economic implications. There are spiritual tribal implications. There are so many different levels to this. And I felt like that was always so much more relevant to me, this egg story, this cosmic egg, <laughs> these fish eggs, than the traditional dying of an egg. And, um, you know, just to touch on, it's been really remarkable. I feel like, you know, in the past few years that our culture is looking at these different, um, you know, holidays Mm -hmm. that we honor and reevaluating 
and saying, is this, <laughs> what is this? Do we, do, what does this even mean? What are we celebrating? Do we appreciate this? Do we want to hold on to this? Do we want to redefine this? And um, just kind of veering back a little bit, I, uh, you know, here I am out here in Hawaii and like we were mentioning there, we don't, this state does not practice um, you know, the time change, the daylight savings. And it's been, there just hasn't been much of a dramatic shift in the mm -hmm. light out here. Um, so it's almost, I could not even really recognize that it's Easter, but um, my side job that I've taken up recently is working at a preschool with young children. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, out in the yard the other day, they found um, some gecko eggs, which look a lot like hummingbird eggs they're just like as big as your ah, pinky fingertip i've never and seen one that's so, it was so precious oh my goodness i will send you a picture my friend these were absolutely and of course like it was you think you know these the kids they're kind of like they're they get excited they're going to step on them or something like that but in fact they were just so tender they were like auntie look at these little eggs oh what do you think they are they were just so um you know, careful. And it was really another one of these life affirming, really beautiful moments that like, even just from the very tiniest little human standpoint, there's sort of this reverence yeah. for the egg, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and Shanna knows like, there's also, I'm waiting for this part, but Shanna knows I'm obsessed with all things <laughs> embryonic and <laughs> strange. Been a little strange. bit of a thing. Our... Egg sex, yeah. <laughs> I'm like Shanna. I want to go. There's there's a nest. It's like an egg sack hanging from a tree. I want to get closer. I want to. I want to get near it. She's like, what the hell? Get away. This is gross. <laughs> What are you doing? Get away from there. It could like... burst open at any second and we don't know what's in it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Oh. Completely legit. I don't know where this obsession <laughs> comes from, but um, ever since I was young, I, you know, I had a friend who lived down the street and um, she had all kinds of ducks and chickens and she was way aware. She was just very, very close to that whole, their entire world. And she had an incubator and we learned how to candle eggs. And so um, it's, you basically take, you know, like mm -hmm. a, a cereal box and you cut a hole for the flashlight on one, on the back side of the cereal box. And on the front side, you, you cut a hole that's just big enough to kind of perch the egg. And then you turn off the lights and you shine the flashlight through and you can see if the egg has been fertilized. And then if it was, you know, we would put it in the incubator um, with a little bowl of water. You got to have the water. Don't ask me why. It doesn't work if you don't. And we would watch them. We would take them out and candle them and see if they were continuing to grow. And um, it's just been an infinite source of fascination to me. And so it is kind of this whole Easter egg traditional symbolism you know, is a little confusing to me, although uh, just on so many other levels, what the egg stands for, um, I just, I really love it. I, I, I love this yeah. season for that. Aww. And uh, that's really sweet. I, yeah. I, I definitely think that it is something unique to, you know, fishing towns that everyone, regardless of your connection to or, or no connection to, you know, you maybe your family aren't fishermen, but you still know <laughs> when the season is, you know, like, you know, when the salmon are spawning and, 
you know, maybe it's because you smell them and maybe you just, you just know, like everybody, just the ripple of, of news mm-hmm. spreads across the community very quickly. So herring eggs are the same, but I, you know, oddly, like I do have, um, I have a lot of like sweet nostalgic memories of that other side of the holiday, you know, the, like the big chocolate eggs and the like Easter basket and <laughs> the finding of the little plastic eggs and that was actually something I thought about this year that I was like oh that you know like that was always so fun and there are people in different communities and you know like Portland is one of them where folks will like hide little random little goodies in little plastic eggs and just leave them around the neighborhood you know which is like I still feel that childlike joy like oh my goodness that's a that's an easter egg (laughs) what what is that little plastic purple egg doing here like of course I'm you know I want to know what's inside it so um you know like oh yeah there must be something deeply primitive to that because even you know the joy of finding a nest with eggs in it or even um finding a hummingbird's nest that had little mm-hmm. bits of eggshells in it because evidence is clear <laughs> right. what happened there right you know some yeah. sweet little birds hatched it's like i just i'm enamored with that and i mean ever since i was little i mean even um christmas we had this ornament in my in my family and um the whole like celebration of decorating the tree it was all about finding this mm-hmm. one ornament for me and it was, um, it was this little nest. And it was built on a clothespin. And there's a little bird perched on the nest. And she's looking in. And there's probably, you know, three eggs in there. Aww. And that was my favorite. And every year, I would look for it. I would search for it. And I would put it on a low branch so that I could come <laughs> and check on it. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it was like, so I was cute. obsessed with it. Aww. I mean, like, family, we, my family went and... Um, you know, did a, we, we were house sitting at one point for this woman who had lots of animals. I mean, she had all kinds of different animals. She had ducks, chickens, geese, cats, rabbits, all kinds of different things going on. Goats. But of course, me, I'm like, I get to be the one to connect, c- collect the eggs in the morning. I was like extremely territorial about that. <laughs> like I insisted that I got to be the one. I don't know why. It just was like, and what it worked out in my favor because, um, the rooster didn't like my brother. He would he would kick him. And I completely took advantage of that fact. I was like, you can't go into the chicken coop. You know why. <laughs> well, only me can collect the egg. It's, it's a sacred duty. You know? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Where does that come from? Oh, kids are cute. Yeah. Very sweet. Yeah. Well... Yes. And just, it's so telling that like some of these things, like from mm-hmm. even just when we're young, that we just naturally yeah, take an absolutely. affinity to. Absolutely. But well, anyway, anyways, <laughs> my friend, I can't, I'm just trying to think, I can't think of anything else that, uh, that I feel like needs to be added. I think that, I mean, I, I think going back to the, you know, childhood story is, is again, perfect for spring. It's perfect for Aries energy. So, you know, we've covered it all here. And, you know, I think we've talked a little bit about like, you know, suggestions for folks to, you know, try out and yeah, I can't, I can't think of, I can't think of anything. I can't think of a better, honestly, I can't think of a better note to end it on than the story of you. (laughs) 
<laughs> keeping your brother out of the, <laughs> out of the chicken coop. <laughs> hey, hey, it was for his own good. I swear it was selfless. <laughs> That's what big sisters That's are perfect. for. Perfect. Yeah, I, I really can't think of a more appropriate yeah. <laughs> place to <laughs> drop the bookmark. Yeah. yeah. Well, cheers to that. And I want to just end with uh, one little piece. I don't know if if um, the recording has picked up any of my choking, my coughing here with my asthma. It's it's the first time that my asthma has come up, and I feel like I just want to touch on this so that we can lead into at some point in the future, the discussion of, you know, psychosomatic, um, mm-hmm. you know, ailments. We touched okay. on it a little bit in the past, um, but I want to just um, touch on a little bit that interestingly, like when you were saying that we notice these things going on in our life and then we take tangible action to balance out the energy that we believe started mm-hmm. this in the first place, and things start to resolve like almost at lightning speed. And so I've been um, in a lot of transition and part of why this whole <laughs> uh, podcast episode is, was recorded a little bit as a retrospective, but um, I feel like it's a good sort of uh, tag for us to resume for Perfect. another episode. Yeah. I like that. Definitely. Definitely. Well, Taurus is all about the body, Indeed. and we're going to be heading to ongoing... soon. Um, I love. So. Oh, of course, of course. So this is a perfect ongoing yeah. conversation. Yeah. I love it. Excellent. All right, friend. Well, thank you. Thank you. This is always all so right. lovely. Take care out there. <laughs> Stay wild. <Signing> off. <laughs>